1: From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Featuring the summer series and our teaching staff at Grace Bible Church, Today, Stephen Cloud joins us in John chapter 8 and verse 12, message called in honor of Jesus, the light of the world. We'll take a look at Christ as our light, demonstrated by John 8, verses 1 through 11, and the light declared in the midst of darkness, specifically in verse 12. Join us for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Here's Stephen Clow.
2: In our text, in John chapter 8, I will be dealing with verse 12. But I want to set the scenery for you in verses 1 through 11. The scenery that we have here in John chapter 8. We're in a classroom setting. We're in the classroom of Christ. Jesus is in the temple where the treasury resides in the court of women. Early in the morning and He is teaching a crowd which came to him, according to verse 2. While our Lord is actually teaching, there's a problem that occurs, which disrupts, seemingly disrupts, the teaching of our Master. The Pharisees and scribes interrupt the lesson of Christ with a situation that involved a woman caught in the very act of adultery their motivation behind coming to the lord jesus christ with this urgent situation it appeared to be motivated by justice and righteousness because they said master this woman was taken In adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? The agenda that they had, however, though it appeared to be just and it appeared to be a righteous cause. Though they're coming and appearing to be angels and messengers of light, their agenda was actually dark. Their agenda was evil. Their agenda was diabolic. It was demonically inspired and grossly dark. In fact, what we're seeing here is darkness entering into the temple and interrupting the Lord Jesus Christ, with a fabrication that was intended to result in Jesus' destruction. For it says in verse 6, this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. They wanted to cause Jesus to give an answer that would be in violation to the law of Moses, in order to place this as an official charge against him, then on the basis of this charge, to have him condemned by the Sanhedrin at an official session, and finally, by branding him as a transgressor to destroy his influence with the people. This is the setting. But what I want you to know in this text here, the crux of this, in verses 1 through 11, what we see is Christ demonstrating that he is the light of the world by doing four things. There are four things that he does in this text that demonstrates that He is the light of the world, and that darkness cannot overcome light, but that He overcomes the darkness. The first thing that He does is He exposes the darkness. What He does is He stoops down, and with His finger He writes upon the ground, and then He stands up and He says, He that is without sin among you, let him be the first to cast a stone at her. He exposes the darkness of hypocrisy and self-righteousness by awakening their conscience to bear witness to the truth that they are not without sin, but sinners worthy of judgment." Just like the woman caught in adultery. What he did was he exposed them by his illuminating and penetrating words He that is without sin among you cast a stone at her. He exposes it. And then he eradicates the darkness. He eradicates the darkness. He dispels it. For everyone who was convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. They were found out that while as yet this woman committed adultery, they had murder for the Messiah in their hearts. Not only this, But by what he said, he affirmed that, he affirmed the law of Moses. He affirmed it. He affirmed this fact, that this woman who was an adulterer, she deserved to die. But by the hands of faithful and true witnesses... Who are fit to execute judgment upon the woman, in the which none of them were, and therefore they could not, in any thing which he said, have grounds to accuse him for violating the law of Moses. Do you know that when he said what he said, And they were convicted of their conscience. What happened? They were silenced. Silenced. Darkness was overcome and dispelled. And then we see this woman being exonerated. Here's what it says. In verse 9, And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even until the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. How many of you see yourself as this adulterous woman? As this adulterous woman? How many of you see yourself as a sinner condemned by the law of God? And how many of you have a right to justify yourself? We don't, do we? And if you notice, this woman, she was standing there, and she didn't say a word. The Lord Jesus did for her what the law could not do for her. The law condemns sinners. We're condemned by the law. And we deserve the wrath of God. We deserve eternal punishment in hell for all eternity, separated from his presence. But it says here in this text that she was left alone with Jesus. And in verse 11, or in verse 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And he said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Neither do I condemn thee. She is exonerated. She's exonerated by His grace, by His mercy. No one was there to condemn her by the law of Moses, but Jesus was there to show her both grace and truth. And what He does is He enlightens her path. He doesn't just exonerate her from the curse of the law, Him being her substitute. Him being the one that would take upon her sins and suffer the wrath of God, the covenant curses of God in her place, putting away her sins, satisfying the wrath of God in her place, and raising from the dead to prove that He has accomplished her redemption. But this is His instruction that enlightens her path. He says, go. She is liberated. Go and sin no more. He commands her to walk no longer in sin, which is darkness. Go and sin no more. Now remember, all these things are happening in a classroom setting, in the temple. His classroom being interrupted. So everyone who sees this, they are beholding all of this that's going on. They're hearing everything that he's actually saying. They might have questions concerning what they both saw and heard, like some of these. What is it that you, how is it that you could declare this woman not condemned, even though she violated the law of Moses? Moses. How is it that you liberated this woman from the curse of the law, let her go, and commanded her to sin no more? What kind of man are you? How is it that you are just in justifying this condemned sinner? How can a sinful person such as this woman be forgiven, pardoned? exonerated and liberated, seeing that God is holy and must punish sin. How can such a sinner discontinue their sins, turn away from their sins, and live according to God's standard and live a holy life? How is she to take on another identity other than an adulterer? Whose identity is she to take and follow? See, Jesus first demonstrated that he was the light of the world in overcoming darkness, in dispelling the darkness. And on the heels of this demonstration, he declares himself, In verse 12. To be the light of the world. In verse 12, he says this. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. How many of you Met the Lord Jesus Christ. Met the light of the world. Were convinced, convicted of your sins, righteousness, and judgment. And then heard the best news. Not condemned. Not condemned. Not condemned. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. He says, I am the light of the world. Jesus preaches himself. Himself. He says, and this is in your outline, point number one. The personal claim of deity. The personal claim of deity. When he says here, I am the light of the world, he is declaring his identity. He is describing himself by imagery. He reveals his inner connection to the world. And when he says, I am, I am. He is claiming himself to be God. Very God of very God. It helps us to think about Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where Moses is in the wilderness and he sees a burning bush. A uh, bush that's burning, but the bush not being consumed, and he turns to see this miracle that's going on, and a voice proceeds from this burning bush and tells him, take off your sandals, for the ground that you stand upon is holy ground, and he calls him effectually, and he commissions him to actually be a means by which Israel would be delivered, from her oppressors. And Moses is saying, who am I going to... What's your name? Who who am I going to tell them is sending me? And what does he say? He says, I am. That I am. Sending you. The God who is. The God who was. And is to come the Almighty, we are to think about and we are to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in John 8, 58, this statement that he made gave the Jews in their mind grounds to stone him when he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, we see, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In fact, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, you would turn there. It says this. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. He is declaring himself to possess the essential nature of God. That he is very God. A very God. And then he describes himself by imagery. He says, I am the light of the world. The light of Of the world. This metaphor of light is common and it's very important. It's prolific throughout the scriptures from Genesis 1 3 to Revelation 22 and 5. We see the concept of light going through the Word of God. He is saying, and if you read, In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 through 5, he is the antidote to darkness. But he reveals his interconnection to the world. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the light for the world and to the world. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. He is the revelation of God. He is the truth. Prophetically speaking, when we think about light... Our Lord is saying that He is the light of salvation. Not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, the world. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, if you would go there. says in verse 2, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them... Hath the light shined? And if you turn with me to Isaiah 42, Isaiah 42, starting at verse 6, he says, Word of God reads, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep you, and give you for a covenant of the people. For what? A light to the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will give to another. I will not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Turn with me to 49, Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49, verse 6. The Word of God reads, And He said, It is a light thing that you should be My servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a what? A light to the Gentiles, that you may be My what? Salvation unto the ends of the earth. He is the presence of God to the world for the world he is come as the image of the invisible God he's come to illuminate the dark hearts of sinners with the truth of the gospel in order to impart the life of God and guide them to their desired haven in heaven with God He is the revelation of the invisible God. Come to do the work of illumination of the dark heart with the truth of the gospel in order to accomplish the impartation of life and guide them to their final destination, which is the presence of God.
1: Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. And this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand, featuring Stephen Clough from our teaching staff here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship In person, if you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail, send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you, or stop by grace Bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address if you're writing to us is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note, as we conclude our time together today, we're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry now while it is free to listen to for us there is a cost and we are a listener supported ministry no matter the size of your gift it's greatly appreciated so would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today 510-886-9782 is our phone number or write to us 22768 Main Street Hayward, California 94541 thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. I don't care what they might say, we love Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say, we love Jesus anyway.